بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين الصلاه والسلام على سيدنا ومولانا محمد وعلى اله واصحابه اجمعين اما بعد قال الله تبارك وتعالى لقد كان لكم في رسول الله اسوه حسنه لمن كان يرجو الله واليوم الاخر وذكر الله كثيرا وقال النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم من احب سنتي احبني ومن احبني كان معي في الجنه او كما قال النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم صدق الله العظيم وبلغنا رسوله النبي الكريم ونحن على ذلك لمن الشاهدين والشاكرين والحمد لله رب العالمين لذا سيد الدروس الشريف اللهم صل على سيدنا ومولانا محمد وعلى ال سيدنا ومولانا محمد وبارك وسلم يا رب صل وسلم دائما ابدا على حبيبك خير الخلق كلهم اما بعد ulama ikram respected elders and dear brothers and all who are listening on the audio streaming allah subhanahu wa ta'ala made our beloved leader and master and our guide hazrat muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam as a role model and example for every one of his followers right till the day of qiyamah Allah Subhanahu wa ta'ala declares in the Holy Quran laqad kana lakum fi rasulillahi uswatun hasana definitely certainly you have of Allah the best example Allah Subhanahu wa ta'ala made him the best example the best specimen the best role model for anyone to follow and the amazing thing about the life of Nabi Karim sallallahu alaihi wasallam is that not only was he a role model or is he a role model for us in the life of his after prophethood and nubuwwat but even before prophethood and nubuwwat in every aspect of his life from his birth and his childhood and his youth and his uh, <clears throat> middle ages and right till the latter ages of his mubarak life every aspect of it is a role model normally we focus a lot on the aspects of his mubarak life after allah subhanahu wa ta'ala conferred upon him the mantle of prophethood and made him the seal and the final messenger we focus on that aspect from the time of nubuwwat from the age of 40 upwards right till the time that allah subhanahu wa ta'ala <coughs> lifted him away and took him away to him and allah subhanahu wa ta'ala wanted that he must come to him and meet him therefore when nabi karim sallallahu alaihi wasallam was in the last days of his mubarak life then jibril alaihi salam came to him with the angel of death and he said o oh muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam 
Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has sent the angel of death with two options. The first option is that he will leave you to live as long as you wish, as long as you desire, for however long you wish to live. And the other option is that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala wants you to come to meet him. Nabi Kareem sallallahu alayhi wa sallam was given the option. He said, I desire and I wish to go and meet my Allah. And he gave preference to that over a eternal or a very long life that he would have lived. Allah knows how long he would have lived. Allah SWT gave him that choice. But nevertheless, the aspects before Nubuwat and before Prophethood are also very important. And there are many important aspects of guidance and lessons and inspiration for us in even the pre-Nubuwat era of Nabi Kareem sallallahu alayhi wasallam. For example, we find that most of his trading activities and his being a tajir and his being a trader and his interaction with his clients and with his suppliers and the way he conducted himself in business and how successful he was as a businessman relates to the time before prophethood. After Nubuwat, he was not uh, engaged in trade. Then he had dedicated himself fully to the mission of conveying the word of Allah to humanity and mankind. But this aspect of his being a trader and a very successful trader and a very successful businessman and the principles of success of business that he displayed and the practical example that he displayed is before the era of prophethood. Then we look at the aspect of his life relating to his honesty even at that time and his truthfulness. He had the title of As-Sadiq Al-Ameen long before prophethood. Then we look at the aspect of his life as one who did a lot of welfare work and humanitarian work of assisting the poor and helping the unemployed and supporting the, the widows and standing by the oppressed and all of these things. This was also before prophethood in that era already. That is why when the wahi came to him and he came home and he was overwhelmed by the experience. And he said, Zammiluni, Zammiluni. And Allah SWT revealed the verse, Ya Ayuhal Muzammil. Then the first to bring Iman in this Ummah was a woman of this Ummah, his own beloved wife, Sayyidah Khadija radiallahu anha. And what were the words she mentioned at that point in time, which is recorded in Bukhari Sharif? These were the words that she mentioned. Kalla wallahi ma yuqzika Allahu abada inna kala tasilu raham wa tahmilu al-kal wa taksibu al-ma'dum wa taqri al-dayf wa tu'inu ala nawaib al-haq. Five things she mentioned all relating to his welfare and relief and humanitarian activities. She told him you do not have to fear Allah will not destroy you. Allah will not forsake you. Because of all these good deeds. And she counted 
five activities of his. This was also before prophethood. And then we find that he was also one who played the role of peacemaker and the role of one who does reconciliation. This was also before prophethood. And this was around when he was at the age of about approximately 35 years of age. And it happened at the time when the construction of the Kaaba was completed by the Quraysh. They had undertaken to rebuild the Kaaba because the walls had become weakened. And we must remember the Kaaba is not the walls. The actual Kaaba is that ground upon which the special Rahmah and Tajalli and the Anwarat of Allah SWT descend from the Arsh. That spot is actually what is Kaaba. The walls are representing that spot. They are there to encircle that spot. So therefore, in certain eras in history when the floods came and for example the walls of the Kaaba had collapsed, the Kaaba was still there. Even if the walls had fallen, the Kaaba was still there and it will always be there. So therefore we find that they decided that now the walls had become weakened and it had to be reconstructed. And Shaykh al-Hadith, Mawlana Zakaria Rahmatullah in his very, very inspiring book on the subject of Hajj and Umrah and Ziyarah of Medina, which is called Fadailul Hajj, the virtues of Hajj, he has given a detailed history of the various constructions that took place of the Kaabatullah. He has different constructions. So this was the construction of the Quraysh. And after they completed the construction, now came a very important milestone. And that was to position the Hajar al-Aswad, the black stone, which was actually the white stone, when it came down onto the earth from Jannah. But the sins of man had blackened it, because it, it is like a blotter. Anyone who kisses it, it pulls the sins of that person away, and cleanses him and purifies him. But then its color changed to black, because of the excessive sins of mankind. That black stone had to be placed and positioned. And so we find that every tribe was eager to have that honor. And it became such a point that there was almost going to be bloodshed right in front of the Kaaba. There was going to be a war that would have been fought for the honor of positioning and placing the black stone. That was the last and final part of the construction. And the matter was getting heated up and it could have resulted in violence. But there were some sensible people, reasonable people there. They saw the situation was going out of control and they said, listen, the first person that walks in through the doorway of the haram 
that person will become the arbitrator in the matter and whatever he decides we will go with that. So they all said, okay, we agree. And lo and behold, by the will of Allah Rabbul Izzat, the personality that walked through the doorway at that moment in time was none other than our beloved master, Hazrat Nabi Kareem sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. When he walked in, everybody was excited because they said, this is a noble man. And whatever decision he makes will be a wise decision. Nabi Kareem sallallahu alayhi wa sallam read the situation and he realized that things are going to go out of control. It will spiral out of control into a very, very violent battle because the Arabs were known to be people that they fought. For years, battles used to take place. Generations they fought. Hundred year wars used to take place. To such an extent that the generations came after didn't know what the fight was all about. The fight must have been between two people in the beginning. And that went out of control and spiraled out of control. And eventually, eventually, the generations that were fighting the war didn't even know what they were fighting about. But they fought because they had to fight. And for hundred years the wars would rage on. So Nabi Karim did not want the battles and wars to take place in his tribe of the Quraysh. And so Allah SWT inspired him with a brilliant plan and a brilliant strategy. He said, we will take a sheet and we will place the black stone on the sheet and the leader of every tribe will hold one part of the sheet. And they will pick that sheet up and they will take it and they will bring it to its place and then it will be positioned in its place. Everybody was happy, everyone was agreeable, because now there wasn't an advantage to any, in the, in, any particular tribe or clan. And so, they all caught hold of the sheet, they carried the, 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 the Hajar al-Aswad, when they brought it to its place, Nabi Karim wasallam took hold of it in his own blessed and Mubarak hands, and he placed it and nobody objected. So he also played a role of reconciliation and peacemaking. This was also before the era of prophethood. And one very remarkable organization that Nabi Karim sallallahu alayhi wasallam was a founding member and he was an active participant in it also was pre Nubuat, era before prophethood. And this was also a very, very important contribution that he made and a very important activity that he, he engaged in. And that was the covenant or the, we could call it an institution or an organization of Justice, which is known 
in Islamic history as Al-Hilf or Al-Hilf Al-Fuzul. Hilf or Hilf means a pledge. And this was referring to a pledge that was made by certain noble tribes of the Arabs and their members on the basis of one incident that took place. An incident took place in Makkah Mukarramah. A person came from the tribe of Banu Zabid. He was a trader. And as it is known, the people would come to Makkah Mukarramah, they would uh, carry out their acts of ibadah, whatever forms of ibadah, little remnants of that ibadah that was left with them from the time of Ibrahim salam and Ismail salam. A lot of it had obviously been distorted over the centuries. So, they would come and carry out some acts of ibadah at Baytullah. Every one of the Arab tribes, every individual of the Arab society respected the Baytullah. They regarded it as the house of Allah. They knew the importance of Safa and Marwa. And so they would come to pay their respects. And at the same time, they would also engage in some trade for survival, for subsistence. So this man came from the tribe of Banu Zabid and he sold some of his goods to a leader of the Quraysh, a person by the name of As bin Wa'il. Now when he came to payment, As bin Wa'il was procrastinating, dilly-dallying, and almost refusing to pay for goods that he had taken from the and making cry for payment, not paying him, not giving him his dues. He was a poor man, he needed that for his survival, and in desperation, in absolute desperation, he climbed onto a mountain of Makkah that is called Jabal Abu Qubayz. This is the very mountain where Nabi Kareem sallallahu alayhi wa stood and he pointed to the moon and miracle and mu'ajiza of Nabi Kareem sallallahu alayhi wa that the moon split into two iqtarabati saat wan shakkal qamar the shakkul qamar and the splitting of the moon took place on this very mountain Jabal Abu Qubais and Nabi Kareem sallallahu alayhi wa mentioned regarding this mountain that it is the first mountain that Allah placed on the surface of the earth is Mount Jabal Abu Qubais. So this person from Bani Zabid, he climbed onto Abu, uh, Mount Abu, uh, the mountain Jabal Abu Qubais and he announced. What did he announce? He said, O oh people, O oh people, I am being trust, treated unjustly by the leaders of the Quraysh. All I'm asking for is my right. I want my haq. He's refusing to pay me my dues. Where are the people of nobility to stand up for the right of the oppressed and the, the, the tyrannized? He announced this announcement and we find that certain people of the Quraysh Noble people, honorable people, although this was before the advent of Islam, but they were good 
noble people in the Meccan society. And they were moved by this and they got together leaders of different, you know, leading tribes of the Quraysh, the Banu Tamim and the Banu Hashim and the Banu Abdul Muttalib and the Banu Abdul Uzza and different uh, clans. The, the, the important people of these clans got together and they gathered at the house of a person by the name of Abdullah bin Jad'an. They gathered in the house of Abdullah bin Jad'an. And they took a pledge. And this is that pledge that is called Al-Hilf. And it is called Al-Hilf Al-Fudul. Hilf means a pledge. Fudul, there are different explanations why it was called Fudul. One, mean, one explanation is that they were, there was a person by the name of Fadal, Fudala and Mufaddal that were present. So because of these names, it was called Al-Hilful Fudul. And another explanation is the word Fudul in Arabic means, you know, what is outstanding, the outstanding amount. So it means that whatever outstanding amounts had to be paid and had to be uh, made good, they would guarantee that and they would stand for that. But the bottom line of this pledge that was taken by all the noble people that gathered in the house of Abdullah bin Jad'an, they took a pledge and they said that till we are here, we will never allow injustice to prevail in Makkah. Any person who is treated unjustly or unfairly or oppressed in any way, whether he is from the people of Makkah, from the people of Quraysh, or even a foreigner, an outsider, we will stand for justice and we will not allow injustice to be meted out. They took a pledge. It was a kind of an organization was formed. And they ensured that no oppression and injustice would, would be carried out. This was in a world in which there was absolutely no concept of law and order. Makkah was a lawless society. Arabia was a world of no law and order. It was a jungle, the rule of the jungle. Might is right. If you are mighty and powerful, you will claim and take what is yours. And if you are weak and oppressed, you will not have no rights. This was the, the, the prevalent order of that time. But subhanallah, even in that, that environment of lawlessness and the absence of law and order, Nabi Kareem sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, along with these noble men of Hilful Fuzul, they stood up for justice. And to ensure that nobody's haq and right will be usurped by anyone. When Islam came, obviously the need for al-hilful fuzul didn't even exist anymore because Islam is about justice. It is about the establishment of justice. Allah says, We sent our messengers. 
and we revealed with them our books and the scale. What's which scale? The scale of justice. So that people can stand up on the principle of justice and justice can prevail and there will be no injustice that will be accepted or tolerated. So therefore the, the, the need for Al-Hilful Fuzul did not remain anymore after the advent of Islam. But Nabi Kareem sallallahu alayhi wa sallam used to say regarding the Al-Hilful Fuzul, he used to say these words that in the words of the hadith, Nabi Kareem sallallahu alayhi wa sallam used to say that if I had to be invited even today, if there was a need for something like that today, even I would have accepted and I would have joined a movement like this because this was a movement for the establishment of justice. And in one narration, Nabi Karim Wasallam mentioned that if I had to be given, even if I had to receive red camels to be absent from such a Noble initiative I would not have accepted. I would not have been pleased to accept even red camels to, to not to be able to participate in a noble initiative like Al-Hilful Fuzul. Nabi Karim Sallallahu praised that concept of Al-Hilful Fuzul even after the advent of Islam. So we see that these various aspects, even pre-Prophethood, even before the era of Nubuat, they were beautiful initiatives and they were beautiful actions and deeds of Nabi Karim sallallahu alayhi wasallam that the ummah can take lesson from and inspiration from and one of the most important of those is this concept of al-hilful fuzul to stand up for justice in our times we are living in such countries and such uh, <coughs> systems in which the, the, the system of justice, the true justice, real justice, is not found in its full sense. There is a lot of oppression, there is a lot of injustice, there is a lot of unfairness prevailing in our world. And therefore, there is an opportunity for the Muslim Ummah to, to become the trendsetters, in establishing justice. And we have before us the role model of the Al-Hilful Fuzul. Now how the practical implement it will require, you know, maybe a body of people to sit down, ponder, think and reflect how it can be done. But it is very much possible to follow that beautiful precedent and that beautiful specimen that was established by Beloved Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam or along with Nabi Karim sallallahu alayhi wa sallam and the noble people of Quraysh of which he was a participant and he was actively involved in it. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala inspire us with the aspects of the seerah to put it into practice, to implement it, to live by it. Remember, the seerah of Nabi Karim sallallahu alayhi wa sallam is not a story. It's not about knowing certain dates and statistics and facts and information like a student writing an exam paper in the maktab, so what happened in this year and what event. It's not just about knowing facts and figures. That is important. 
But the more important aspect of seerah is to live the seerah, to practice the seerah, to implement the seerah. May Allah give us that tofi. <clears throat> and also, dear friends, in conclusion, Alhamdulillah, this beautiful masjid has established, been established in this area, servicing the needs of so many Muslimin living around here. And now, Alhamdulillah, alongside with this beautiful masjid, there is the establishment of the his classes and the maktab right here in this very facility, alhamdulillah. The his classes have already become operational. They are full-time, part-time his classes. Also, maktab classes have already commenced and enrollments have already, already been taken for next year. We appeal to all the people living in this area, area particularly regard this as a blessing of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and use the opportunity that has been provided to us for the education of our children and the nurturing of our children and giving them a good Islamic upbringing. Allah give us tawfiq wa akhiru da'wana alhamdulillahi rabbil alamin.